1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The 77 Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Please subscribe. Uh, Dan Bayliss is here. Hello, Wolves fans. You had a shave. You looked like Mel off Bake Off back in the day. <laughs> Remember that? Do you know what's really bad? I just look like a thin version of Jack with a wonky nose now. It's <laughs> very true, actually. Not far off. And we're very consistent with our appearances. Uh, Dave has a party is here from Talking Wolves. Dave? Hello, guys. Looking forward to it. Uh, give always. us your socials because you need the push. <laughs> at, at Talking Wolves, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram everywhere. And like we asked last time, if you can push our socials on your channel, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kate. Well, we said we would do a podcast oh. when Wolves got a new manager. Wolves have a new manager, Harry. Bruno Large uh, has made his way all the way from Portugal. It's a pretty familiar route, isn't it, from uh, Portugal to Wolves. It was one of those where I think uh, lots of people were expecting it for a very long time it eventually happened maybe a little bit underwhelming when you got people on twitter taking a picture of him arriving at molyneux from a bus stop but there you go that's how we find out about things isn't it in 2021 yeah and well on our last podcast he was mentioned wasn't he as one of the favorites and we were all pretty critical of it i'm still a bit underwhelmed but i'll give credit to dave actually i've watched some of his videos and talking walls and that made me feel a bit better i'll be honest when uh i've heard more about him we've got to get behind him haven't we um, it's, it's still quite split, as was the Nuno in, Nuno out debate. This is kind of split still. I think a lot of people are going to get on board, though, and there is a sense of excitement, isn't there, because isn't there, of his attacking football, and we just got to hope he's backed and we get the transfers right. It's good to see him here nice and early, so he's got a really good chance of sorting it all out ready for the next season. Bayless, I think you said something along the lines of, as long as it's not boring, I don't care. To yeah, paraphrase. essentially. Do you know what turned it for me is that we obviously didn't know anything about him, I was doing some Twitter looking and some or some guy sent a post somewhere saying he's the best manager we ever had in sort of broken English, really good football. Was it Matt Cooper? And... <laughs> uh, I don't think so. It was some bloke from Portugal who was a bad Fika fan, sort of saying he plays great football, it's the best we've seen. He just went on a bad run and they sacked him. I, I'll pay to see, I'll, I'm happy to pay to see goals. We've, we've watched Dross in both really ends for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, we're not very good at the back, so there's no point playing to that strength, is there? We might as well try and score a few. Uh, Dave, like Harry mentioned, there a really good video um, regarding the, his arrival, and I'll, I'll just hand it over to you, really, because obviously you, you, you were part of that interview and, and you know broke the news almost. Yeah, um, well, I didn't know a lot about him. Obviously, heard the name before because he was linked even last year, you know, when there were rumours about Nuno moving on. And, you know, I think he's probably been the number one target since day one. I know they were talking about doing interviews and all sorts, but 
the truth in that. I, I don't know if there is any truth, really. So, um, yeah, I, it was a guy called Aaron from uh, Proxima de Genada, something like that, Portuguese page. Um, but, yeah, he just he was a Porto fan, but obviously had much better knowledge on large than I did. Um, and just spoke about his time, really, saying, like, he was a really good good guy behind the scenes. Um Played a 4-4-2 at Benfica. Very, very attacking. I mean, you guys have seen all the stats. The amount of goals that they scored during that time was phenomenal. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he translate that, translates that from Portuguese football to English football. Because obviously he was at Benfica, arguably at the time the strongest team in Portugal. Coming to Wolves that are not the weakest, but definitely not the strongest team in the league either. Can he translate that type of tactic and system to English football? And, you know, he's had about a year, year and a half out of the game. If he's changed his mind, changed his philosophy in that time, I don't know. But, yeah, like Harry, I was a little bit sceptical. wasn't my first choice. But at the same time, I think every manager out there at, at present was a little bit underwhelming, really. The, the free agents out there, all the managers that we were linked with, I don't think everybody was going to be 100% happy with whoever we went with. But, yeah, we've got to back him. Hopefully, Fosin and the board can back him in the summer and we build a strong team for next season. Who was your first choice, just for reference? Uh, who did I say? I, I wouldn't have minded Fonseca, uh, the one that Spurs are in talks with now. Um, but, but that was probably about it, really. or, or Gerard. But again, I think that was a bit mm. of a push, really. Uh, Harry, like I say, you've got, we've got to support him now and he's coming to a club. It's a, it's a difficult situation, isn't it? Because there's still the was Nuno Sachs, which I think it's becoming ever clearer that he was. And it, it is a tough act to follow, isn't it? And I think if we rewind to when Nuno came in, we were probably saying exactly the same thing, weren't we? And I know you're obviously a big fan of someone like Paul Lambert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the devastating video. Obviously, Zenga came in, it didn't work. So, uh, you know, it's going to be about cheering him on, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the worry for me. Hopefully, it's not another Zenga. But I think it's going to be... In terms of transfers and that, it's going to be a lot the same, isn't it? He, I, I, feel, I don't know, Dave probably could tell us more, but I feel like he's just going to take whatever he's given in terms of transfers and it'll probably be Mendes' clients again. And I think that's what uh, Jeff She likes. I think he, he knew he was getting a man in who would be willing just to take the players that they get in, mainly through George Mendes. Hopefully they do go in the domestic market, but it looks unlikely. And yeah, it's a risk. I think anybody was a risk. And we said, didn't we? Anybody who got the job, it would have been a really, really tough task to turn this team around. And how many are going to be missing Nuno? How many are going to be happy to stay? We don't know. There's so much to do in the summer. And it, I just for hope for his sake, the transfers are correct. And then hopefully his tactics are good because let's be honest, at Benfica, it's probably a bit easier to attack in that league than it is in the Premier League with a team like Wolves. So... Let's just hope the attacking football works. And I've said before, I hope he's not sacked by Christmas and it's not a disaster. Uh, Bayliss, Harry mentioned risk there. Is it a risky appointment because of the way that Nuno left, do you think, more than getting the what we would consider to be the right manager in? No, I think the biggest risk is how he's backed and supported by the club, as in the owners. Whatever happened this summer, whoever was in charge needed to freshen up that team a bit and increase the size of it. So it doesn't matter whether it was Nuno or whoever it happens to be. That's the risk. Any you know, Anyone that's got the qualifications to manage a team can do it. But to do it well and successfully, you've got to have a skill. Plus, you've got to have some money to be successful. It's impossible to fight and be near the top end of the Premier League without a lot of cash. Uh, Dave, you mentioned 4-4-2 when you last spoke. And 
obviously Nuno had tried four four two, ended up coming away from it. Arguably, the players are there to be able to play a four four two, you know, because the, the transition was being started to be made, wasn't it? And the injuries obviously didn't help, and and not adapting to the system. Not much of a pre-season, you know, a couple yeah. of days and a long season before <laughs> that didn't help. Do you think players playing in the Euros, you know, they, they're probably going to have a good time. There's going to be a lot of excitement around it. Do you think having a longer period of time, a longer pre-season is going to help that transition to a 4 4 Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge. You think the last two seasons for Nuno, I think... The first season when we were in the Europa League, we didn't have any pre-season friendlies. We just used the qualification games in the Europa League as those warm-ups. And then last season, it was non-existent. You had the stupid international break a week before the season. So I think our team, as a full squad, we had less than a week to together. Um, so it was... I think, yeah, obviously I do feel for Nuno like that. And largely has got a good chance now in a proper pre-season. Obviously, he'll have a few players come back a little bit late. Um, but he's got a, a big chance now to put his stamp on things. Um, I'm hoping, you know, I, I think he said in one of his uh, interviews that he wants to continue, Nuno, uh, continue Nuno's culture. Hopefully he doesn't mean by system or tactics, but f- because I think as successful as Nuno was at times, I think we all just want to see a fresh change. Attacking football, like Bailey said, you know, just to see us try and score goals because we we didn't do that enough at all last season so I'm, uh, I saw a couple of people say we haven't got the players to play a 4-4-2 but I think we have I think if we can back him in two or three areas I, th- I think you have I looked at the depth of the squad uh, uh, at the start of this week and I thought it's all right. Um, and the squad in general is strong. We just need to add depth to it. And that's what we lacked this season. We we saw yeah, Jimenez injured, um, which, you know, you should have seen coming for the last three years because we've never had an adequate backup for him at all. No. Um, Johnny injured, which fair enough, you know, you had eight Nori and Marcel, but Marcel was always injured. So <laughs> it was just, it's just trying to get that depth. And Nuno had that such a small squad and that was his, you know, that is that was his thing. And I think that came to back to bite him on the backside this season, really. So I think Large needs to learn from that. But like Harry said, I do worry he could be a little bit of a yes man. So mm. I think. Do you think, Foe's... Dave? Do you think he'll uh, use the youth a lot? Because I know they kept. I know in that in them questions and answers that they've been releasing. Yeah. They kept going on about that, didn't they? And as you, I think you said in your video with that Aaron bloke, he brought like Jal Felix and that through, didn't he? So maybe they yeah. look at that and think, hopefully he brings through. My, oh no, Otto my concern and that. with that is, my, yeah, my concern with that is, yeah, you got the likes of Otto Sawi that are already at the sort of first team level, and we do have a young squad. To be fair, you've got some good mm. young players like Morgan Gibbs, White, Silva, Vitinha, Fabio Silva. So it's promising for them. But you look outside of that, our 23s are nowhere near strong enough to make the step up. And I suppose Benfica fans probably thought the same about um, what was Florentino Luiz was the, the guy that he brought up as well. But you look, maybe Corbiano could come in mm. for spells. But other than that, I remember everyone wanting Benny Ashley Seal in the first team because he scored a few <laughs> goals at 23s. And now he's playing League Two, League One football. Um, and he, he he played that FA Cup game, didn't he? he started against Manchester United, and he come off at half time. So um, yeah, he I played like a seal that way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think our twenty threes are strong enough for him to be able to do that on a regular basis. But they've got to back him. I said we could give Guardiola the job this summer, but he won't do anything with that team because it, if he's not backed, you've got to get you've got to back the new manager. If that means we have to sell a player, like obviously there's been a big. Um, 
bit of uproar about Neves. If he goes, sound. But as long as we we just got to replace him, right? If he re- if the club replaces him properly, you know, oh. there's no complaints whatsoever. The, the, the big one for me is if he does play for, are we going to see Cody, man? Like he's just gone to the Euros, <laughs> England international. Imagine if he's like, don't fancy you in a four, mate. You're not good enough for us. <laughs> Imagine. Like, it'd be, it'd be so interesting to see that. Yeah. Uh, Bayliss, how many games uh, on a poor run would it take before him to be compared to or called the Perry Perry oh, Dean Saunders? Because no. he, he does look, he's a spitting image, isn't he? And it, it's just a meme waiting to happen. He does, unfortunately for him, look a little bit like Dean Saunders. Uh, ten. If ten we don't win in the first ten in the league, I reckon it'll... Get start to get a bit. That'd be less Ooh. than that. It'll probably be first game. The Albion fan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Realistically, it needs to be about that. But knowing the Wolves fans as we do, if we don't win three. the first three, it'd be meltdown. You know it will. If we end scoring and playing free flowing li- attacking football, they'd be calls for One nil away to City. One nil away to City, and on the fan <laughs> yeah. direct talking yeah. Wolves, Michael Bibble already be calling him. The <laughs> 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 yeah. It'd be bright red going, getting him out. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, you mentioned there the, um, the players leaving, and I know today there's been a little bit of the, the rumor mill of, of Patricio sort of signing a deal with Roma, but nothing in place to bring in Saar. What are your thoughts? I'll start with Bayliss on Rui leaving. I think he's quite a good keeper. I think he's I think a very good keeper. So I would like to see him stay if possible, but. Ooh. It's just what happens. It's just a shame that keepers aren't really worth a lot. And he I, he was top class. He made some world-class saves. Sadly, he didn't have a defence to help him for a lot of last year. Well, not a good It'd be good anyway. to get money for him. Has he only got like a year left, I think? So we, yeah. to get a like, decent amount of money for him would be good, wouldn't it? But like you say, I'd love to keep him because if we, I don't know what this bloke's like, this star, but is he going to be as good as Rui? Probably not. And if we're playing attacking football, we're going to have a lot of shots on goal next year. So <laughs> we need a decent keeper in there. <laughs> Dave thoughts? Yeah, I like I like Patricio. Um, I think you know again he's had a little bit of you know people moaning about his performances, but you look at some games like this season and like Bailey said, the defense in front of him, the Leeds game. I think both Leeds games where we we won won one nil both games and he was awesome in both of those. Mm. Um, so I think he's won us more points than he's lost us this season. I know he's had a couple of iffy moments, but. Um, I think 12 million is good business if you're going to sell. Like Harry said, I don't know much about Jose Sar either, to be honest. But yeah, it's it's just one of those positions, isn't it? I think as long as you can get an, an all right goalkeeper in. Yeah. But Patricio's Portugal's number one, been Portugal's number one for how long now? Mm-hmm. Jose Sar doesn't even break into that Portugal team. So it does put a couple of question marks over it, I think. Gonna be an interesting one, isn't it? And just just finally on, on this section. Nuno talking to Crystal Palace, Harry. We we quite surprised about that because it, to me it just didn't make sense. Yeah, well, I've well initially as soon as he got as soon as he left, I thought he was going to Spurs. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be happening. Then Everton, which I could yeah. I thought was fair enough, and yeah. with Palace, very strange. And what's even more strange is it looked like it was going to happen, then it fell through because this is obviously all paper talk. But that he couldn't take three of the players from Wolves with him apparently. And I think that was a fake fault, to be fair. But that, yeah. that, that, that was it. Did the rounds? Yeah, it did it did the rounds? though, that did. Yeah, I think just the point over me saying that you know journalists can just make up whatever yeah. they wanted now. Like I believe so anything I read as well, so it's, it's not good for me. But no, um, <laughs> it's strange that that has fell years. through. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's strange that it's fell through. Uh, 
I'm, I'm I'm surprised he's actually looking to get straight back into a job because I know we said didn't we on the last podcast I thought he'd want a break after not seeing his family for so long. But why does Palace surprise you? Because it, I thought he'd want to step up, and I feel like we're better than Palace. Do you know what I mean? I thought if he, that he can he can take Palace to that or yeah, better, or, and it also confirms he, he, like Sam us. said at the beginning, it confirms he was sacked too, doesn't it? Really, if he's willing to yeah. go to Palace, he hasn't yeah. mutually left us looking for a big a Palace bigger club. Just, Palace have just spent an absolute fortune on their training ground. It's all like state of the art, brand new, big indoor school and stuff. Yeah, should have spent on the fucking stadium. <laughs> they are, aren't they? Wait, move, move. they are. Restricted view. Sorry. Yeah. They've, they've got planning in for a big new glass arched thing that's supposed to look like the old Crystal Palace and way better than what we're looking to do tomorrow, aren't you, with that brick monolith rubbish? If, um,. If he did go to Palace, for example, the atmosphere next year when he comes to Molyneux would be so weird. I don't know how it'll be. Because obviously... Someone said to me, are you going to boo him? Are you going to boo him if he comes back? Nah. I don't think I'll boo him. Why would you boo him? That's giving you the best day. If he got sacked, we can't boo him, can we? Unless he was like, I'm leaving. You just don't know. We still don't know, do we? I wonder if he'll ever find out. He didn't mutual, is it? They just put that out. I think they sacked him. Yeah, they, they there will be a them. massive non-disclosure agreement between both parties. <laughs> yeah, it was signed the day he left. <laughs> and, and another thing as well, comparing it to Large, that big thing that everyone always brings up about Nuno choosing Pedence over was it Danny Almo, I think. Mm. So I wonder if like Large would do that. Like, say if he's got the final decision, like Nuno apparently had on players, will he just pick the Mendes clients because obviously he is a Mendes client, isn't he? So it's going to be the same, isn't it? Not much is going to change in transfers, which is slightly annoying for me. I'd love to have seen a big change with that, but hey-ho, that's what we've got to deal with. It, it seems like the Wolves head coach now is the person that picks a team and picks a way to play on the pitch, and that's it. And then everyone else sorts it, yeah. Yes, yeah. transfers. Uh, okay, um, obviously this something that was released on the day that Nuno... This departure was announced was the new kit I, uh, I don't know if we've have we spoken about the new kit no we didn't uh, we, we haven't spoken about it yet I mean just uh, we hadn't seen the yet. new kit though had we we hadn't seen it the last no, podcast no. it got leaked didn't it it got leaked yeah. like a week well, after thoughts I think as everyone was saying I like the white away one the white away one looks decent the home one would look good if they filled in the uh, black sides and the other one was a training top was it the black training top I, I like Castro, I said I got bored of Adidas. I think some of the some of the shirts have been bad. And the only thing I will say about the Castro one, the home one, does still look a bit. It don't look like the old gold that like we used to have in the nineties. I just want them to get back to that, and they just don't seem to. Remember, be able that's to a do picture it. that's been taken in a warehouse somewhere. Might not yeah, look like that. Cameras are good these days, aren't they? I think they pick up the <laughs> colours. It's, it's a very overpriced piece of plastic that we'll all buy. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a real big fan of the white away kits. I've loved every oh, single one. I'm a had, huge fan of just giving my money to Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, well, let, let's talk about the Euros because, I mean, they start tomorrow. So, very exciting. Football every day for the next four weeks. We might have a little bit of atmosphere inside stadiums. We never know. Um, Harry... We sort of talked a little bit about the England squad. We haven't done a podcast since the provisional squad was sort of hammered down into the final 26. Um, are we taking enough right-backs? <laughs> well, one dropped out, didn't he? Uh, Trent, which was uh, 
Bit of a probably good for Southgate, really, because I don't know what Audi to fit them all in unless by five at the back. But then who's that new lad who come in? Was it the new defender who replaced ben White. him? Ben White, yeah. I thought Lingard deserved to be an award prowse, but I guess with Maguire injured, he had to bring him in. And maybe it gives Cody a better chance to start the first game, which is it's mad to think that Cody could actually start in a major tournament and we're unsure whether he's going to start for Wolves next year in a back four. So baffles me, but <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. But yeah, I'm really excited more, about it. That shows you the state of England's centre-back partnership, I think. Rather yeah, than definitely. Was. You think we used to have John Terry and all that and Carragher <laughs> couldn't even get in the team and now we're where we are. But we've got everyone going forward now, haven't we? Um, I'm just so excited about it. I know Bayliss said in WhatsApp the other day, he's, uh, he knows they're going to let us down again. And I agree, but I just love watching the Euros. <laughs> I just love watching the Euros, like even if it's just not England playing, I love watching every game. The Euros is better than the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. Brilliant. agree with that. I just but like Bailey said, they probably will let us down, but the optimism and the hope before it kicks off is always a really good feeling before Aaron, they do. I've got I've got my England shirt on. Bayless, you yes. were you were seething yesterday about how angry you were about something that hadn't happened yet. You just no they even wrote a lyric about it. Like England are gonna throw it away. They always do. It's the hope that kills you. It is, but it's the lack of it that's terminal. And Dave, what do you think in European Championships? I'm not. It's going to be interesting. I think England, unfortunately, I think they've got such a tricky path anyway. I think if they win Mm. the group, they're going to play like Germany, Portugal, or whoever's in that sort of group of death in the next round. France, France, yeah. yeah. So they're going to have one of those in the next round, which is just mental. So a a tactical second's easy though. It's Sweden, Poland. Or... Yeah. How weird! How weird is it? Is it worked out just like the World Cup? We need to come second again. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. It'd be France or Portugal if we win the group, and we'll lose to both of those. I think. Portugal. We, we'll, I support Portugal anyway. <laughs> I think England got a fantastic chance purely because we're basically on home soil for the entire thing. You know, I, I think I, the is one there, game, is there even... that, that I think the quarters would be the first mm. one that we'd have to play in like Rome or something like that. Doesn't matter though, because we we really showed those Bulgarians the other night, didn't we? <laughs> On home soil, yeah. bad them one nil with a penalty. But to be fair, Romania, <laughs> Romania, right <laughs> next door. <laughs> I don't know. I I thought there'd be a little bit more excitement around the whole thing, but I haven't really seen that build up yet. And it's obviously a little yeah. bit different because of the pandemics taking its toll on people being able to enjoy things because I think people are just being glad when you can invite people around your garden. So there doesn't seem to be that whole three lions on the radio all the time. It's definitely that, Sam. It's the COVID thing. And obviously I love what I love. One of the main things I love about the Euros and the World Cup is seeing all the the packed out. Well, yeah, that. But the packed out stadiums and all the fans travel Mm -hmm. into like usually one location. But this time, obviously, Wembley is going to be half empty. I think there is a few locations that will be full. But I think Baku is going to be empty, isn't it, where Wales are playing? So that, for me, just takes a lot away from it. But hopefully, as we get to the later stages... They're yeah. full, but Scotland have got two home games, haven't they? They got two games mm-hmm. in um, in Scotland. It, it'll be good, and that that Friday night game against Scotland, eight o'clock. That's going to be carnage, isn't it? The pubs are going to be mad. And... How the hell is an Asian country hosting a European Championship game? Is Baku? Is that Asia? Is it Baku? I don't know. I'm not very good at geography. Yeah, so that's Azerbaijan. Is that in Asia? Yeah, they're classed as UEFA, though, aren't they? Oh wow, that's that mad. That yeah. that place not in Europe. Yeah. How good is that? Australia were in Eurovision as well, and that didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Look, the that Wales fans can't travel over, America. can they? Tobacco, they can't travel, so that'd be gutting for them. And then they're just watching England, Scotland playing Great Britain. Mm. I don't yeah, know. We're going to get let down, aren't we? I, I, I was moaning at Bayless the other night, but the more I think about it, 
<laughs> round of 16 I'm if right. we're going out. <laughs> right. I, I think we've got one of the strongest squads in there. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, but, yeah. you know, defence is a little bit tricky, I think. But yeah. to be honest, like say, going forward, from the midfield onward is absolute dynamite. Yeah. It's deja vu, though, isn't it? I feel like we have this conversation nearly every tournament. Apart from the 2018 one where there was no pressure. And I know we had an easy run. But we could have easily gone out against Colombia. But, yeah, but we just I don't know. I'm, so I'm quietly optimistic, but I don't like the fact we're like second or third favourites. I don't feel like that suits us. The, we are every the media. tournament, though, aren't we? We're, we're, mm. yeah, we're up there every tournament. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Every manager England seemed to have is an absolute turnip, and the only good one we had was a Swede. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you think he's good? How, work, how long have you been yeah. working on that? Yeah. Sven had the best oh, squad I've ever seen, and he literally. Sven's failed. the best manager. Yeah, but no. he failed with the best players. We got. Oh, only Seaman. Only because Seaman got himself lobbed from thirty-five yards. That wasn't. Yeah, but the tactics Sven, we, we played. Yeah. We had so many like great midfielders and that, and he played skulls on the left or... and things like that. No, oh, 2004 and 2006 was uh, disappointing. 2002 was when Seaman got lobbed. 2006, yeah. what happened with that one? Was that one when Ronaldo gave the wink, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Ronaldo got Rooney yeah. sent off. We've just appointed well. such bad. And I think Southgate's bad. He's so negative in his football. He's just boring. They are, it's just boring. He looks like I a was boring watching, bloke. Um, I was watching that ITV documentary. I think, Harry, you mentioned, didn't you? The summer football came home. And I honestly had a tear in my eye watching that. because <laughs> I got so emotional to it. And then it, they'd cut to Gareth Southgate having an interview. And I was just like, how are you so boring? How <laughs> can you be this boring? And I'm like, this thing, like, everyone's getting really emotional talking about it. Terry Venables was brilliant on it. They had older footage of Gaza because he's fucked but still good contribution. <laughs> but yeah, just hearing three lines again and that, just that vibe, just get excited. Who, but, who did we beat in our World Cup run in 2018? Panama, Colombia, Turkey, Tunisia, Tunisia, Sweden. Sweden. Lost to Belgium twice in the Greece. Lost Lost Belgium. Belgium. And, and Croatia, who we got on Sunday. Croatia, not as good now, though. It's the one who scores retired, hasn't he? Is it Mansucic? Mansucic, yeah, yeah. And players. Rakitic. Well, I don't know if he's... I don't think he's. I know they've still got Modric, haven't they? They're saying Modric looks miles off the pace. I think he's got. He's thirty-six. Yeah, Yeah, it's been around the block, and he's too fair. Um, Let's do an England prediction. We'll start with Bayliss. Lose in the (laughs) last sixteen to Poland, one nil. Poland. Uh, can we even get Poland? (laughs) Can we? If we come second, I think we can, can't we? Yeah, mate, that's a match out. What England prediction? Um, yeah. I'm not going to predict the team like that. I'm not that clever. Um, <laughs> oh, I think. What is it? What, a group then last sixteen is it? Last sixteen yeah. then quarters. Yeah, then semi. I think. I think quarters. I think quarters. Yeah, I'll take that. Harry, my head. If I'm being sensible, is we're going to win the group, get France or Portugal in the round of sixteen, and get knocked out. But my heart's saying we're going to dwindle it, fiddle with it, play a weak team in the third game, come second and get to the final and lose to France. I think we okay. get France in the semi. I think we get France We get semi. to the semi and lose to we France. Can, I, think, I think depending on their <laughs> group, we can get them in the final, France. I think we can beat Portugal, though. Oh, yeah, I think they're stronger to... than Portugal. Portugal are a good team, though, aren't they, really? Ronaldo, very Jota. De- very Semedo. defensive, though, as well. I mean, <laughs> Semedo. Semedo. <laughs> can you imagine if Semedo scores the winner in the UK? You're going to retire. That would be so funny. <laughs> but imagine, so flip that. Imagine on Sunday, the first game, 
Cody starts and he comes up back stick for a big header like 95th minute 95th to get the minute. winner or something. Imagine. Oh my life. He still believes. Hasn't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Jack paid 80 quid for a Cody England shirt? Yeah, yeah but he's, he's a virgin. So. Uh, winner <laughs> prediction Bayless. I've got a really rogue one, uh, I think, and I've put money on it. So I've put money in my mouth is Italy are going to win the Euros. Wow, that Good is a big shout out. That no one's talking about Italy. Uh, Dave. I'll go safe with France, I think. France and Harry, are you sticking with France? Yeah, I've got to go. You've got to go France, haven't you? They're overwhelming favourites. No one said it's coming home. I think it's going to be England. I think England will win it. I really do. I do. Dark horse of the tournament, Harry. So I was going to actually say Italy because but mm. no one's talking about it, like you say, but I'm going to actually go real rogue because I saw, right, I think it was like a poll on Twitter and it was like a supercomputer predicted who was going to win it. And obviously France were top with like 9.5%. England were 5.2%. And just above them on 5.4%, which baffled me because I didn't really know how good they were and how many good players they got, is Denmark. I reckon Denmark, Denmark. could be real shocks. Yeah, they've got some really good players. I had to look up who they've got but they have got some decent players in midfield and that. So I think Denmark are going to shock a lot of people. Uh, Bayless, I suppose you could have Italy for, for both. I could have Italy for both. But Finland. <laughs> weirdly, weirdly, I drew Denmark in a sweepstake um, with some mates. Mm. So I, I could say Denmark. They won it in 92. They, did. they got knocked out in the group stage in 96. So. See, I was listening uh, during that documentary. Uh, <laughs> top goals. Oh, Dave, 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 Dave. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, I missed you, miss you out there. Sorry. I'll go Turkey. They got that got an aura. Take Turkey. this seriously, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harry, top goal scorer, golden boot. Right, it's coming home. It's going to be Harry Kane again. He's going to get a hat trick again where it comes off his ass and goes in and things like that and penalties. <laughs> Harry Kane. Doesn't matter how they go in, does it? Uh, Bayliss, top goal scorer. Good. God, jeez, that's hard. They've recalled Benzema, haven't they, to the French squad? Yeah, five years ago. That's, that's a bit rogue. That's mad. So I'd love him to. I'd love him to start the first one a bag of like hat trick, and then they've got to play yeah. him. So Benzema, it's a bit Benzema awkward because he called him. Um, he called Olivier Giroud. Olivier Giroud a go kart, and him himself a Ferrari, and they've got to play up front <laughs> together now. So that's gonna be awkward. <laughs> uh, Dave, um, what's his tour? Sorry, top goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Harry Kane. It's coming home. Two Harry Kanes and a Benzema. Okay. What well, you, if you Sam? want to join, oh, um... Mbappe. He's the favourite. Uh, I, mean. I think I'll go Kane. He's. Will he play Griezmann? One. Um, if you do want to join in with our fantasy league, then do feel free head over to socials. If you've got a pen in your hand right now, one eight V Y H T E T O six is the code you need. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, charity game that we had, and can't remember the score uh, against <laughs> Fancast. So, Dave, you're in goal. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I've given you stick all the way through because it's just not true. You, you had an absolute blinder. Yeah, I mean, first off, I thought we did well. We like we pinned them back. And they had like literally three attacks, which probably makes me sound bad because they had three attacks and scored three goals. I'm adamant. I'm still adamant the last one was offside. It's probably why the highlights aren't out yet. Um, <laughs> and second half, I don't know what happened. I think I spent most of the second half shouting across to Matt Cooper saying, who's meant to be in, in this back four here? <laughs> And he shout back saying, I don't know. 
<laughs> we were chasing the game, so the fullbacks had every right to push forward. And then we had some raffle auction winner just sat at centre half on his own, <laughs> just sat on the halfway line. So they were just going ping, ping, ping. And, you know, I think, yeah. Dave, I was, was knackered. Like, yeah. yeah. I was so knackered. You like, yeah. get the ball up. You try and make a run from the back end and then sort of lose it in the middle. Dazzling David fall over himself. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Better around now. Oh, yeah. so he's picking up out the net. Cheers, man. Yeah. I think um, good we looked good for about 15 minutes, didn't we? First half. And then, like you say, every attack they scored. And then I was so knackered second half. I went off. I think Dazzling Dave come on for me at left back. And it's one of them, in it, where everyone does want to go forward. And to be fair, if, um, if Jason Guy would have scored his penalty second half, would he have been 5-4 at that point? Yeah, yeah, it would have. Yeah. I don't think we'd have. I think we just give up after that, didn't we? No one was at the back, like you said. We had one bloke at the back, and Dave had his work cut out every two minutes. In all fairness, they didn't it. score every chance. Like, um, Fancast had three absolute one-on-ones that Dave saved. Mm, the one striker will yeah. remain nameless for Fancast that literally <laughs> fell over his own boots. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> very funny. But I'm not going to experience that. Nice bloke. Um, what was it like though walking out onto that pitch? Because I think that's what we were all really going for, wasn't it? Is is the the feel of, of doing that? And Dave, you've done it before, but Harry, yeah. for you, what was it like? Yeah, it's obviously we've run on the pitch a few times for pitch invasions and when Kevin McDonald scored against taking Arbor fake Rump, corners. So yeah. It always it's always a weird feeling, isn't it? Because from the stands, you have such a different perspective when you're actually on the pitch and. I was saying to someone we were warming up, like I'm so used to playing on Sunday league pitches where the 18-yard box is literally about two metres away from the throwing line. But obviously on a pitch like that, a Premier League pitch, so so wide, long, a bit like uh, something else. But it's just, yeah, <laughs> it was just baffling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just baff- it's just baffling, isn't it, just to be there and, and just imagining it full, like a full house and playing. Yeah. The buzz must be incredible. Because even though the Molyneux is quite, the stands are quite far from the pitch, like it still feels really close, doesn't it? Like when you're in front of the North Bank and the South Bank and that. And I mean, it makes me think twice about slagging off players, put it that way, because I was knackered and the yeah, fitness they've got fit. and how quick they are. And I still ache now. Yeah. I, was I still ache now. Honestly, I can't walk properly still. It's been because I just don't don't play sport mm. anymore. So it's just like my, my groin, both, you know, both sides. Fucked. Yeah. Ankles don't work. They're broken. Don't even and know if they're going to fix themselves. Got to wait and see. And I had peas on my ankle on the Monday just really? gone. Really? Monday's gone a week after. Yeah. I'm surprised you had any legs left after that slide tackle, mate. I thought you'd break your knee. Perfect most textbook slide tackle. People don't tackle like that anymore. Mostly because you get a, you will get a red card. And of course, uh, um, <laughs> Bayless showed somebody who had to cross and put one on the top of the North Bank. He crossed you did, didn't you, Dan? You know, it... thing, is, <laughs> thing is, two minutes later, I put a cross in that was really fucking good. And no one's spoken no. about that one. No, 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 one, no, no, no. I don't remember that. No one's mentioned no, that. That's, that's not a dad. No. All I can tell you is that the only two fit people on our team were me and a Man, Man in his mid-60s that enjoys a samosa. So, <laughs> Manny's not in his 60s. I hope Manny's listening. Sorry, Manny. He's not <laughs> he's in his early 40s. He's, he's in his 40s. He's got a great beard. I, I, mean, I can't age him. I thought he was talking about Dazzling Dave, actually, 60s. I'm sorry. <laughs> he played himself <laughs> down before the game, Manny. He was really saying, oh, I ain't played for years. He's one of my best players on the day. No matter how old everyone. Manny is, and I apologise, Manny, he was bloody fit. Jesus. Yeah. He was fit for an 80-year-old, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I think the donations are still open. Uh, it's £1,387 at the moment, and I, I, I'm guessing that that won't include the 
the charity auction. So there'll be a, a couple of hundred more pounds to go into that for mine charity. And if you did donate, of course, thank you very much for doing that. It's a great cause. Um, has anybody got anything else to add before we have our summer break? Uh, no, I just I just hope we come back and Bruno Large as well. And I hope obviously England win the Euros and Cody scores the winner. That's about okay, it. Not, not much of an ask. Excellent. Well, we'll <laughs> say goodbye to Dan Bayliss. Goodbye, Wolves fans. Harry Mantle. Goodbye, everybody. And it's a goodbye and a thank you from Dave as a party talking Wolves. Yeah, thank you guys. Goodbye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.